0: Hi friends! Welcome to the Seek Holy Living Podcast with Christis Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. I'm so excited to be here to talk about something that unfortunately I think is going to hit quite close to home for a lot of us at this time of year. Uh, I have found that in our home during summer, there's just a different level of flexibility and relaxation and maybe we get a little lax on some habits or rhythms or schedules that we as moms know are very important and are the way we want our family to function and the way that really our family and home needs to function to be healthy. But maybe we get a little lazy or just think, oh, we're just taking a break to enjoy things more. And I can tell you from hands-on experience in my home that we have let the use of technology get a little bit out of hand here. And it's funny because just yesterday, I was having a conversation with my children in the car about what are some healthier habits that we need to reestablish? What are ways we used to do things that we like better than the way we're doing things now? And I was so pleasantly surprised to hear that all of my children, it was funny, even my four-year-old, all of them... Had specific ideas of ways that they thought we could do a better job as a family that even they realized this is not best. The way we've allowed things to, to kind of just shift with the use of technology in our home over the summer. So as we start a new year, this is a perfect time to have a conversation and to really evaluate what does it look like in our homes, in the lives of each of our children and goodness, dare we even point the mirror at ourselves and look at what it looks like in our own life as the mom. Um, so I have an expert with me today on the topic. I brought a mom here with me today. Um, Molly Dufrank is here, and she is a mom that has six kids who are between the ages of five and 12. So having a chi- children between kindergarten and seventh grade She is really in the trenches of this, of technology use with young children and going into the junior high years, what it's like, and in those early child years when it can be such a pacifying tool or such a babysitter to be able to use. Um, So I'm really glad to have her here because she wrote a book on this topic called The Digital Detox and is going to share with us kind of the story of what led her to writing this book and also really jump into some specifics. What is a digital detox? How do we go about this in our home? Like, is it just going to be horrible? Uh, Is it going to be horrible forever or just for a day? So I'm really glad to have Molly here. And you can find her on Instagram at Molly DeFrank or on her website, mollydefrank.com. And of course, I'll link all of that in the show notes and stick with us through the end, because at the end, I'm going to tell you about a chance you will have to get a copy of her book for your own family. Molly, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Krista. This is going to be great. So let's jump in first with what even led you to writing this book.
1: Yeah. Well, like most parents who had their kids born in like the 2010s, I bought in early and often to electronic entertainment for my kids. I mean, I remember um, the, the iPad came out in 2011 and it didn't take us long to buy in. You know, the, these devices were marketed to parents like this is how you get your kids ahead. This is how you create little rocket mm. scientists. And it's a dual purpose. It entertains them and it cultivates them. And it seemed like a really promising way to parent. I remember I even had one of those like cases that I'd strap on the back of my driver's seat when I would drive and my kids would just watch it. And for a long time, for many years, I'm thinking this is working great until it didn't, you know, until after Mm -hmm. the screen timer ding, you'd take it away and the kids would melt down. They would fall apart. And for so long, I still tried to use these things and I would still get those nudges like, ah, something's off. My kids, they can transition from like a puzzle to dinner time But if they're transitioning from a, like a device to something else, they can't do it. Like they fall apart. Mm. There's a tantrum. It's not age appropriate. Um, Their sibling fights were kind of amped up. And it wasn't until one day I came home from running some errands. My kids were home with a babysitter and one of my kids greeted me at the door, not with hi mommy, but with, can I play on your phone? Like I opened the door and it was literally like, Hey, Mm. gatekeeper of electronics. And so (laughs) that puts such a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like nah, dude, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) That is the last straw for me. So I called my husband at work. I'm like, look, I think we need to completely unplug all of the devices. I think we just need to say no, no more to any of it. He was all about that because he goes to the office every day and he's like, look, you're the one bearing the brunt of all the effort. So if you're in, I'm, I'm with you on this. Now we were homeschooling two kids at the time, a second and a third grader we had two three-year-olds. One of them was a new foster placement and I had one get in public school. We had five kids at the time. So it was not like an ideal season. I didn't <laughs> wait for, for the stars to align. It was just like, I've had enough. I'm ready to, try, I'm ready to take a break. And so we told the kids that night at dinner, we're like, guys, we're going to take a break for a while. Um, we just want to let you know, I know you guys enjoy these things, but we're going to unplug it. You're not punished for something. This is, we're trying something new. And the kids Lost their
0: minds, they fell apart. (laughs) It didn't go well. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, that's so mean. But I can just picture them like, What? (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot
1: of tears, and it was one of those like parenting moments where you're thinking, You know, on the outside, you're super composed and compassionate. Oh, I know, I'm so I know it's hard to take a break from something you love, but this is what we're going to try. But on the inside, I'm like, Oh no what did I do the next week or two of my life? It's going to be so hard. They're going to be crying for two weeks straight. So I was really stressed out about this. Um, Mm -hmm. between my husband and I, we planned two weeks. We looked at that. We started in like mid February and I looked at the count. We didn't tell the kids because my oldest was 10 at the time. Um, but yeah, the same kids who, who lost their minds crying within a couple, we extended our detox longer than two weeks because they, it was going so well. But a couple of months later, the same kids who were crying literally came up and thanked me
0: for the detox. Wow. Wow. We've had similar things where we've changed certain things. Um, I did a 40 day sugar fast uh, a long while ago, and I've done it now a few times. And the last time I encouraged my oldest to do it with me and he was really excited to. But of course the beginning was like really hard, you know, but he has thanked me so many times for asking him to join me in that. And I remember a time when we realized sugar got out of hand in our home. It was when I did the 40 day sugar fast. And I realized, oh my goodness, I actually give my children sugar all the time. <laughs> this is not good. Um and so it was very convicting to me. And I knew I need to, I need to change this. So we did a big cutback. And and same thing. And it's it was such a change. But when you realize that the scale has gotten tipped, sometimes it takes something drastic to be able to get it back into a healthy place. And my my husband and I have explained this to our kids that it's even the same, I think it's a healthy thing to teach children, that it's the same with finances. It's the same with time commitments. It's the same with weight, You know, with like our health and our weight, that when something, when the scale is substantially tipped the wrong way, we have to do something drastic to get it healthy again. Then once it's healthy, we can establish some healthy habits. But it takes a dramatic change to get it back to a healthy balance again.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's something where I I tried, and probably a lot of your listeners have tried adjusting minutes of screen time um, to fix the problem. And Mm -hmm. you've probably noticed that doesn't work. Um, There's actually science to support why. Um, I didn't know that until I was researching. I did so much research in writing this book to give it to parents. Um, I read through probably 30 books and distilled it, the plan and then the, the research supporting it. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's almost like you need to break, you need to just completely break those habits and -hmm. then you build it back. So that's why the first half walks parents through the detox. And then the second half of the book is how to sustain those results without totally moving off the grid. Mm -hmm. Um, the science behind this is actually really interesting. Um, you know, our brains are, are designed to release dopamine, not pleasure chemical, when we experience anything enjoyable. Um, but these Silicon Valley engineers have baked dopamine release points into their games and apps. So the amount of dopamine that our kids are getting through their apps, through their video games, through their phones, social media, it's so astronomically high that, um, dopamine receptors are actually numbing out in the brain. And now Mm. we're left with this situation, like any addictive cycle where it takes more dopamine to, for kids to experience the same amount of enjoyment they once had from less dopamine. Now, when you look at that situation, it, you realize: well, real life doesn't have a chance to compete against those dopamine levels. So, if you're listening and if you're wondering why your kids complain that going outside and playing is bored, boring, boring, or reading a book is boring, or anything that doesn't involve a screen is boring, it's not entirely their fault. There's a physiological change in their brain that's happened where the dopamine, the feel good chemical, it's just, it can't compare. So when you Mm. do this two week detox that I lay out in the book, you're actually setting those dopamine levels, levels. You're resetting them back down to normal real life. Now your kids have this time span to develop interest and enjoyment in real life activities that are actually going to serve them for the rest of their lives. And unfortunately we're living in a culture where the status quo is all the time, digital entertainment. So mm-hmm. um, in the, in the wake of the COVID pandemic, kids are now spending 12 year old kids are spending eight hours a day on digital entertainment. That does not count school. It doesn't count texting. It's just pure entertainment. And wow, um, yeah, it, it's like, it's nuts. And so often we'll look around and say, well, my kids have this much I mean, it's less than the neighbor has. So I guess it's, oh, I guess we're okay. But what I would just encourage you and, and kind of nudge you a little bit with parents is if you, if you have a feeling in your gut that it's too much, if you're seeing negative effects from your kids, then trust that gut, you have parental mm-hmm. intuition for a reason. So if you're feeling nudged that it's too much, or seeing these negative effects, give it a shot. You have nothing to lose.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think if at the end of the two weeks, let's say you decided to do this at the end of your two weeks and you say, okay, we were actually fine before. I don't know what I was thinking, making this a thing. You can always go back, but making a change for two weeks could be such a healthy choice to try. So let's, let's start with this. What is a digital detox? We'll just start there. Let's define what this looks like. Yes.
1: So I lay it out in the book like this. Um, Every successful digital detox has four things in common, and you can remember it with this acronym. You're going to undo the tech trance. So undo stands for the first, the U is unplug cold turkey two weeks. So that includes television. Okay. Not just uh, tablets, gaming, all that. It includes television even. And it goes back to those, that dopamine I was talking about, because what you're really doing is you're using those two weeks as an opportunity to, um, to reset those dopamine levels and to reawaken a love of real life. Um, Mm -hmm. so it has to be cold Turkey. Okay. The N stands for notice your kids like never before you are going to study your kids. You already know your kids better than anyone else. You spend the most time with them, but parents, we have this opportunity to shepherd, um, to instruct our kids, to help form their worldview, to teach them right and wrong, and really to feed those interests that they have. So, Um, you know, I think that they might not
0: even know that they have those interests either because they've had, you know, if you have an easy option or a good option, you think about how often do we take the simple, easy food option instead of something that we'd be feasting on and really developing our palate and enjoying something because it takes more work to make it happen that if they have an easy button to push versus, you know, something that's going to take more effort or work or cause them to have to move. And then they're being lazy, you know, that they might not even realize that they actually love something else.
1: That is so true. And it's, this is where you start to notice the opportunity cost of, I mean, we've really, as a generation Mm. of parents, we're numbing out our kids instead of cultivating them. And there's so many opportunity costs here because when, when our kids are little, we can see, um, you know, that proverb says train up a child in the way he should go," and I remember our pastor telling us that as actually translated as according to his bent. So according Mm -hmm. to the way that your child is uniquely wired and designed by God and our kids have these different interests and abilities. And when you take away all digital media, all this numbing out entertainment, you are going to learn things about your kids that you did not know before. Our three oldest kids, their favorite hobbies were different video games. I thought before our detox, that's normal. That's how kids play these days. Well, no, it's, it doesn't have to be after our detox, we found different hobbies, different talents and skills that they started honing. They became good at, they grew in confidence in those things. They started blessing the family with those interests and Mm -hmm. um, finding friends that share those interests at school. And so, you know, it's, it's really about the opportunity cost here, but so the N stands for notice your kids. And that also includes um, you know, their vulnerabilities, their shortcomings. If your kids struggle to wait their turn or, um, with sportsmanship, that's, this is a great opportunity to help give them the skills to, to improve in those areas. The D stands for develop a list of screen-free fun ideas. Okay. Hmm. There's a couple reasons for this. Number one is in the middle of your detox, a couple days in some families report that, their kids like flipping a switch overnight. They're just ready to roll. Some families find it takes a couple of days for the kids to kind of get with the program and start finding non-screen activities to do without complaining of boredom. So you're going to get in front of this. You're going to sit down with your kids. You are going to say, okay, two weeks, none of your favorite games, no TV. Let's write down. And I have a free template for this on my website when you order the book. Um, let's write down stuff you can do during this course of two weeks. You're gonna write it down, you're gonna you're going to stick that baby on the fridge. Now, when you're two or three days in, if your kid's complaining of boredom and you're tempted to hand over the tablet, you're tempted to say, fine, just go watch a show. I'm homeschooling your sister or yeah, I got to take this work call, whatever it is. You can say, look at the list. We already talked about this. Um, or you can go do a chore if you want, if there's nothing on the list that interests you and your kids will find find something to do pretty quickly. But the other reason is you're showing your kids they have what they need in their imaginations in the brain that mm-hmm. God gave them to troubleshoot, to, to hit a boredom wall and to negotiate that boredom and think, well, gosh, the world is my oyster. These are the things I have available to me. Mm. What am I going to do about it? So um, so that's the D, develop a list. And then the O is open the books. You can make a bookworm out of any child. I believe that mm. um, because I've done it and I have six kids. We've had other older foster kids come in and out of our home. We've had teens come in and out and reading the benefits of reading. I mean, you really can't overstate it. It helps our kids learn how to delay gratification. It helps teach empathy. Um, It helps put them in someone else's shoes, uh, developing a love of story Um, you just, you really can't overstate the benefits Mm -hmm. of it, but some, so often we believe, well, some kids like to read, some kids don't. That's what I used to think until our detox. And this is the perfect window to get our kids hooked on something that's actually going to benefit them for life. Mm.
0: That's great. And I think actually I will, um, I will try to post this week, a list of ways to find good books. Because I think that's one of the problems is that sometimes parents don't know how to get good books for their kids and they're reading junk. And um, like the quality oh, is, yeah. I mean, like, ah, I don't even know how to begin the quality that when you're giving someone something so crummy to read, it's like, well, they just don't love reading. Uh, it's like, this could be so good though, if they have good books and there are so many good books. Resources of you know Instagram accounts or books that you can buy that even include book lists for your children based on their you know age and gender and interest level. So I will try to do a post this week about some advice on ways to find good literature for your children that will help you to be a tool for you in that. Um, that's great. Okay, did we did we do the O too?
1: Yeah, that was open the books. And you know, oh, just open to the add books. to that, yes, 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 I have a couple of t- I have two chapters about um reading and opening the book and reading aloud and how to hook, um, reluctant readers on reading for pleasure. Um, but I also have tons of great book recommendations in there for, you know, my oldest, for example, you can hand her any book and she'll consume it in, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. But one of my other kids just, it, it takes a lot more work to matchmake. So, so I did include in the book, um, digital detox, both some, high quality books that are a little, maybe a little bit of a reach or a stretch for some of your Mm -hmm. kids. And also those books that can get a reluctant reader hooked on reading because let's Mm -hmm. face it. Not all kids are just, we'll pick up any book and read them, but you're right. And we want to get to, we want to give our kids quality books. Um, there's really nothing like that for our kids. So I agree.
0: I remember the first time that I heard the word twaddle Relating yeah. to literature, like, don't just give them twaddle. And it's funny because at the time I thought, what are they talking about? But once I heard it in context, I was like, it is so many books. It's just a waste. It's just mindless. And what a missed opportunity. So, no, that's wonderful. Um, and I think that's so very practical and so do- doable for families, especially the developing a list of screen-free activities, helping them be able to do that. I think is really important because it sets them up for success and it allows them to see something positive in them at the beginning of this, that like, I'm not just trying to suck all the joy from you. Let's actually look at what things you like, or, you know, maybe you're not thinking, thinking of anything. Let me give you some ideas of things that you could like. And maybe it even includes, you know, going to Hobby Lobby and getting some craft supplies that we have these available now to use. So when you feel like, oh man, That's like all that I can think of doing. Like, remember, we got that chalk for the backyard or remember we got that beading kit that you thought would be fun. Like, let's think about one of those things. So that's a really, really helpful idea. Okay, my next question, is this just for children or do moms get thrown in the midst of all of this, too? How does that work? What do you think? Yeah, that's a
1: great question. So the last chapter in the book is actually about this very topic tech for mom and dad. Um whether or not parents need to participate in this detox really depends on how old your kids are. Um mm-hmm. I will say that for our kids that who were 10 and under, we did not participate in the detox with them. So I did, you know, I still had my phone um accessible to me. My husband and I, after the kids went to bed, we'd watch a show. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will say that if your kids are older, 12, 13, 14, you got to get some skin in the game here. So our kids are getting to those ages where they care a lot more about what we do than what we say. <laughs> you know, they're watching. Yes. Us.
0: It's all caught.
1: Exactly. And our, and our parenting role naturally kind of changes from pure authority, loving authority, I would hope when they're little right. to kind of mentor coach. Like you said, caught more than taught, and so, so we really have to mentor the approach that we're doing. So that's why I recommend if your kids are older, if they're watching you, if they're asking questions, um, choose at least one aspect of your tech use as mom and dad to detox alongside your kids. And and it's a great opportunity to kind of parse out. Look, technology can serve us really well um, in this world that we live in, and um, the older you get, the more intertwined it becomes with your daily life. I make doctor's Mm -hmm. appointments on my phone. I A lot of parents work on their phone. They hold books on hold. They do banking. All of these things, and you can even explain to your kids: "Look, if I put my laptop or my phone in a lockbox for two weeks, I would get fired. (laughs) You know, (laughs) our Uh, house would be
0: taken." (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) But you know, there are things that, and with humility, own this for your kids. There are things, places online where I that are sticky for me. So. I only want to spend this much time on these apps, but if I'm not careful, I will spend twice that. So Mm -hmm. I want to I want to take this seriously. This is important. So during this two weeks, we're going to do this fun thing as a family. You know, I recommend you present it, especially with those older kids, as like a beckoning and invitation. Get excited about it. We're going to try this thing. It's not a punishment. Um, There are so many great benefits Mm -hmm. to it. Ask them questions. I actually have a sample script on my website that you can download when you buy the book. It's free, all kinds of free PDFs. Um, But one of them is how to break the news to the kids. And I, and it's different for different ages because Mm -hmm. this conversation is going to look different about your detox for your smallest kids as for your biggest kids. And it should.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, your kids and like what flies with them. And I, I was thinking about talking about the phone use, especially because I, I, for moms, that's something that we didn't see modeled for us. Uh, that we never watch. There are things my mom modeled so well for me that I got to watch. Oh, this is how she, you know, does this in our home. This is how she tenderly uh, trains a child who's struggling in this area. Or this is how she's a good friend. I never saw a mom with the phone, and so I am like pioneering this. And I would say sometimes I do it well, and sometimes I do it very mediumly. Uh, and I did an episode a while ago. It was episode eighty-seven. And it was really encouraging, um, with a mom who actually works a lot from her phone too, um, and homeschools her children. And she just talked about some healthy boundaries that she had to set when she realized that for her, it got out of hand and how she kind of keeps herself accountable through her family in those healthier ways and just how much better it's been for her whole family. So, um, we're going to, I mean, obviously focusing on kids in this more, but if it's for you go back and listen to that and uh, be encouraged in that as well and one of the ways that my mom and that I have adopted from her would break things to us that i think works really well is we have said uh we'll take the the ownership for it so i'll say to my kids you know i have realized i kind of did a bad job on something guys. And I am so sorry that I, for a long time have allowed us to, I did this with the sugar. I realized I have allowed us to eat sugar every day. And I don't know what I was thinking because that's not healthy for you and that's not healthy for our family. So I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me for that unhealthy way that I've allowed to become normal in our home? So I'm going to do a better job now. And here's what we're gonna do. Um, but starting off, taking ownership, like you said, so they don't feel guilty because it's not their fault, and we've chosen this as the parents. So I like that you give parents some real tangible ways to be able to to put it into practice and to start to start that. Um, oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say?
1: I was just gonna say to say to take that one step a little further. I love that approach because you know. There's something so powerful about parents saying like, "Oh, hey, I blew it in this area." I think that's so speaks so loudly to our kids and so powerfully. Um, but just to also relieve your listener a little bit, you know, we are the first generation of parents mm-hmm. who are who are grappling with technology to this extent. When I was a kid, it was like I remember when AOL came out; you had to sit in front of the computer and wait five minutes for it to dial up to check your <laughs> yes. emails. Like everything is so different and. And frankly, we were kind of marketed this these technologies uh, in one way, like like I was saying, oh, how mm-hmm. to grow up future rocket scientists? Like this is you give them this technology early and often, and meanwhile, the people who created it, the Steve Jobs, the the tech giants, are the strictest parents when it comes to screen time for their own kids. So
0: mm.
1: all of that to say, do not hold on to any shame. No. If you're a parent and you bought into those marketing promises that did not deliver, um, this is a, a thing our whole generation is going through. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any shame in trying a technology, in seeing that it doesn't work, and in correcting course. I think there's mm-hmm. no shame in that. And and I think it's really beautiful, like you had like just like you had laid out to say, Hey, we kind of went too far in this rabbit hole. Let's reassess, let's try something new. Um, so just to just to just to encourage you. I hope that you feel Um, you know, you can take this on and you don't have to feel stressed or burdened by it.
0: Yes. Oh, I agree with that completely. And realizing, like you said, it's not something we were trained in. So we're we're trying to figure this out. And so I think allowing your children to see your vulnerability in that, too. And what it's teaching them is that they have freedom to set to realize in their own lives as they're growing up. Like this is so much beyond technology now that. There will be areas that you realize, I wish I had done different, or I wish I had done this in a different way. And there's no, there's no judgment in that. There's not condemnation. There's grace to move forward better. And so they're going to get to see you model that, which is a completely different, beautiful thing. So that's wonderful. Okay. Um, okay. So once the detox period is over, how do you move back into... I don't want to say regular life because that sounds like you're going back to your old habits. So how do you recreate, go about deciding what do we even want to bring back in? What are healthy habits? Does your book talk about that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the second, the first half of the book is the detox, how to get through those two weeks and the second half, because I don't want to leave you hanging there. And every single family who has come back and reported to me their detox results has said, this changed our lives. I can't believe how quickly it worked. Um, Mm -hmm. it blew us away things to that effect, which is super encouraging, but none of those families said, we want to move off the grid. We want to banish all digital entertainment forever. People want to enjoy the best parts of technology, the best parts Mm -hmm. of digital entertainment, but they just don't want to binge on it. They don't want to feel that icky, like too much feeling. They don't want to waste their lives and numb out their kids. So the second half of the book is just as important as the first, Mm which is how do we create a long-term plan where technology is working for us rather than us feeling enslaved to the technology. And you can Mm -hmm. absolutely do this. Um, The reason why you need to start off with the detox is because you're, you're resetting those dopamine levels. You're helping your kids to develop interest beyond the device. And now when you, when the detox is up also, by the way, if your kids are young enough, you can leave it open-ended on the dates. You don't have to tie yourself down to two weeks. Do that if you can. Um, we and several other families have extended the detox at the end of it. If you don't give your kids an end date, you can do that. If your kids are a little older, they probably will want to know the end date. It'll be, a, it'll look a little different, but if you can't extend it, leave that option open for yourselves. But towards the end of your detox, you're going to use both the the second half of the book and your observations of your kids. Um, how do they do best? How much is too much? What do you notice in them? Um, I'm going to give you an example um, for our kids, we took interactive screen time off the table during the week. No more interactive media. Um, and that means gaming, um, tablets. We, we took away tablets for our youngest kids altogether. Um, our kids ages seven and under, they don't do gaming or tablets. It, it actually, um, science shows and the research shows that the interactive, the gaming, the tapping Um, affects the brain differently than passive digital Mm -hmm. entertainment, like watching a show, watching a movie. And you probably are nodding along if you're listening to this thinking, yeah, I've seen my kids. They are much worse after a game than a a show or whatever. And also different kids respond differently. Different kids have different tolerance levels. If you have ADHD kids or kids with trauma backgrounds, oftentimes they can't handle the same amount of digital entertainment because it's impacting their brain differently. So Observe your kids and do not feel like you need to make the same rules for every child. Take it kid by kid. Mm. Um, so, where we landed for all our long term plan for now is our kids during the school year get one hour, our, our oldest kids, ages nine and up, one hour of interactive screen media on the weekends only. And then during the week, We will allow, like, after dinner and dishes and pajamas and all that, we'll watch a family show together or a a family movie or whatever. And we don't stress out if we're using technology to create something. We don't stress out if we're using it to connect with each other. So like
0: like if a child's using an iPad to, like, make a movie with their siblings, that's very different than, like, sitting down being on an app in your own world.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I completely okay. agree with that. I was talking to a, um, a woman who said that her daughter loves to do like video editing, which mm-hmm. is, which is super cool. That's, that's fantastic. Um, and you got to parse this out for yourself and for your family, talk to your spouse, get on the same page, really kind of hash this out. Where do you see the negative effects um, mm-hmm. the, in that long-term plan portion of the book? I also help uh, parents break it down through education. This is a big question. Like, what do we, what do we do with school? Some of the school assignments are on these devices. How do we want that to look like, um, in our room or, in I'm sorry, in our home. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to take a little bit of work to parse this out, but you don't have to be debilitated by it. What I like to do is mm-hmm. kind of create this posture and then know that it's not going to be perfect. Just like parenting in general, like there are going to be hiccups. There's going to be times when you're like, well, we, we tried l- giving them that much. So that didn't work out. You know, let's go back to the drawing board and, and that's okay. There's grace in all of it. So, um, yeah, you can absolutely do this. You can you can make a plan that works. And frankly, if you get a couple of months down the road and you're like, I think we, put, we brought back too much, then you can do mm-hmm. a detox again. You can do a detox for a weekend um, and, and kind of go back to the drawing board. There's so much freedom. There's so much flexibility in this thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's really helpful to think about too, that this is not a one size fits all. And I really appreciate that because whenever a parenting method or book says like, this is exactly how you do it for everyone, I'm going to throw that book away (laughs) because there, I mean, the Bible is it, you know, that's, that's my only guide that's going to tell me it's whatever specifics in those things. If you tell me it's a one size fits all plan for everyone, then probably you have not spent a whole lot of time around many children because they are all made differently and so uniquely. And I think about even the difference of me and my siblings, you know, one of them would sit in front of a show and just be sucked in. And my mom could call his name from five feet away a thousand times. And he literally would not hear her. Uh, and it wasn't that he was being disobedient or any of that that it just sucked him in, in a completely different way. And that was just TV. So I can't even imagine if we had like been in the world of devices, but I think that's very helpful hearing about the differences of the different types of devices, even in the different types of technology and media consumption that it's not, it's not a one size fits all when it comes to technology. And it's not a one size fits all when it comes to your children. um, and the culture of your home, and maybe it changes with ages too. As um, even as there's different, you know, hormonal related behavior and struggles, and um, and I will include too in the show notes a couple of Instagram accounts that I have found to be really helpful regarding protecting our children from um, from dangerous technology, from uh, social media that they don't need, uh, which is it's. That's a whole nother topic we could jump on. but but, I'll include a couple of those down there, too, because I think that some of those are things that if we don't even open those doors for them, that we can really protect them from some hardships that otherwise otherwise they would be encountering
1: absolutely. I know it is it is it can be a rabbit hole, but, you know, just briefly, it's like we've taken a generation of kids during their most vulnerable and emotional years before they even know who they are and have established their place in this world. Um, and we've, we've allowed them to go on social media, these Mm -hmm. 12, 13 year old prepubescent kids. And now they're forced to project, um, you know, it's all based on outward appearances. Meanwhile, we, what we get to reflect in the home to them is the exact opposite of that, which is unconditional love. No matter your morning breath, no matter your acne, Mm. no matter any of that, like on your worst days, we get to reflect the love of God to these kids that you are deeply known and deeply loved. And that's so yes. beautiful.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and, um, one, I want to encourage moms that if you don't have this book, I would encourage you to get a copy. I, I really like how you laid out the two different parts of it. So, um, I'm excited to use that second part because we are going to do, we're going to do a jump here, uh, as we start off the school year and see how, see how it rolls. I think it will be freeing, actually for the kids and I think it will be freeing for me as we get things started so I will share our journey in this detox process and how it goes for our family and if you would like to join me in that I will um yeah be doing it on my Instagram and I would love for you to share your experiences as well and we'll give away a copy of Molly's book the digital detox because I think it's going to be a helpful resource for any mom who's thinking you know maybe this is something I should consider and you just make it so very practical for starting and for moving forward. And I love that you're sharing it from a mom's heart for training up children according to their bend. And um, I was thinking about that, that passage that says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do, because I know there are going to be some moms listening who say okay, that's great for you. This is too much for me. Like, Just the idea of it gives me anxiety that if you're in that place, you are God's workmanship, wherever you are, whatever laundry you're folding or dishes you're doing as you're listening. And He has created you to do this good work with these children that He has entrusted to you. And He will equip you. And this time, may not just be for them. This may be a time for you to lean into God to support you through this process in ways that you didn't even know that you needed. And so this may allow you to rely on Him in a very new and beautiful way. So um, be watching um on my instagram this week for this giveaway of molly's book and that will be so exciting to get to share with you and know that i will be praying for you i've already prayed for you before we started the episode because i always do but i will be praying for you as i am in this process knowing that there are going to be other moms in this too that you can do this that god is going to equip you for this good work that he has he has given you to do so molly thank you so much this was great today
1: thanks for having me krista
0: All right, and i look forward to seeing you next week, friends. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.